You're listening to the Mobcast Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Acoustic Air, the show where you get to know musicians from in and around the Charleston, West Virginia area. I'm your host, Elaine Abdella, and for this week's episode, I interviewed members of the band No Pretty Pictures. So today I'm here with the band No Pretty Pictures. Um, to get things started, we'll introduce everybody and say what instrument you play. 
I'm Trey. I play the trombone. I'm uh, David Plumley Sugar Plum. Thousands of names I have, but I play bass. Shane Diesel on the drums. My name's Ryan R W, or as they like to affectionately call me, Dad. <laughs> yeah. And I play I play wood stump and wires or the guitar. I am John Poole, and I sing a little bit. And I play a little guitar, and I'm just a uh, party. I'm the partier. No, I, I like the party. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Dave's uh, party. I, my name's Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Garrett, uh, also known as Girth Brooks. Yes. yes. And I play uh, a bunch of notes on <laughs> And together, we are No, no Pretty, pretty Pictures! pictures. And when they put their rings together, they become... (laughs) Wonder Twin Powers activated. You guys are great. That was good. Good All right, first questions first. How and when did you guys meet? Well, um, John here speaking. Um, Throughout the years, I've met... (laughs) Um, All through happenstance, uh, Garrett played in a few bands back in the day. I saw him with the Brick House and LaBelle and when the scene was actually somewhat intact. Um, and then shortly thereafter, I worked at Chick-fil-A, where I met Trey, who plays trombone in our band. And he actually was one of the last joined, last two joined the band, because uh, we tried for years to convince him to play, and he said no. <laughs> he wanted to just work. That's all he did was work. Yep, and then Plumley, um, he is actually the one who started this with me originally. Um, we met at State University back in 2010, and uh, we just had similar taste in music, so I hang out all the time. I was getting stalked by a certain someone at that point, who's <laughs> kind of like my guardian. But, uh, no, I was also working night shift too, and so he's like my only friend for a while. So after that, started music, music playing out, and there was this competition without the glass, where it was an open mic competition. You come play, and then you compete week to week, and then you graduate up. And that's where we met Ryan, who was competing by himself and lost, as did we. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> to the company stores. Yep, lost. And we love company stores. So we, yeah, we're glad they won. And we, we got to see them come together, stores. and they've, they've seen them grow the past few years. And it's we been phenomenal. bar tabs there, too. Yeah, we still actually yeah. we, <laughs> we still have a $30 bar tab to get in third place. No so way. we need to we're spend that. So yeah. 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 Oh, you can't use another gig. You can't only stick place. That's why we used it. Yeah, because there's no one there, yeah. So then Shane comes along after, um, we've gone through several drummers, and our most recent one, which we loved, uh, he went to Nashville for school, and mm. so we were just in a void. And he'd come in on some weekends, some holidays, but it just wasn't working. So we asked Shane to come fill in, and um, we knew him just through the Charleston scene, and he plays in 17 bands. <laughs> he gets around, and I've always been in all of his drumming, and we're trying to go to a more progressive um, stage anyway, so he is phenomenal at it's crazy time signatures and just uh, music itself. He has a, and and also I think you have arthritis and all this crazy stuff that uh I've had my share of health problems. I'm sorry. <laughs> I probably it's probably the public knowledge. Shane just powers through and no matter what we're doing, he's just always on his A game. I am very grateful to have him a part of this music. So yeah, there's the Awesome. How we met. How long have you guys been together? Too long. Too long? Um, really? Uh, <laughs> really? If you go full band, February was three years. Yeah, original yeah, one. Right? Yeah. It was, Chain has been about a year, a little over a year. Uh-huh. Close to now. Close to. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's right, yeah. Because uh, me and you were like around August, right? Yeah. Yeah, Gary and Shane are a year and a half. Yeah, a year and a half, yeah. 
Yeah, we we're like Chicago. Some... Once we <laughs> die, yeah, yeah. the band lives on. We're just going to have different members. <laughs> My dad loves Chicago. <laughs> Wrap your ears around that. <laughs> I still love Chicago. <laughs> um, what are some of your musical influences? We'll start with Ryan on this one. My musical influences, I'm going to have to say, is a lot more... Not not the norm for this music. It's uh, more blues-influenced, acoustic rock. Um, I like Grateful Dead, Dave Matthews Band, Led Zeppelin, uh, all the classic rock. Hendrix, Albert King, B.B. King, Eric Clapton. I could go on forever. But, uh, <laughs> Prince Albert and Ken. Yeah, Prince Albert and Ken. You know, all that good stuff. Uh, I also like Turtles. So, <laughs> and, uh, Oops, I forgot to turn my God, I'm recording <laughs> Sorry, etiquette, etiquette Podcast etiquette Out but I, I, <laughs> You I, can't I, uh, be here anymore I don't understand really how how it happened Because every I got a little hair on me You can't see this at home But I had a hair on my shirt And John just so gracefully got it off of my breast so, Your bosom um, my bosom, my bosom buddies. <laughs> so, but I don't, I don't know how, I don't know how I managed to stick around with these guys, and they put up with all my crap and uh, and my, my bullshit. So. We love you, damn it, damn Daniel. <laughs> I think the band's got a lot of different, different. We've had conversations before where one of them, one of us may actually almost dislike a certain style. One of us loves it. We can't agree. But at the same time, somehow we all kind of come together to form what we have. Mm-hmm. It all fits. I mean, it's a. Uh, I'm sure a lot of bands, especially if you're a large band, we have six people, probably like that. But it's, it's pretty wild, you know. Some polar opposite views on music, but at the same time, the same view we play. I think the best part is there's no, like it's 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 like the night the 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 ultimate basketball dream team. Like there's no there's no one star. Everybody knows their role. Everybody knows where they fit. There's no ego trips. There's no there's just no typical band bullshit anymore. It's just we love each other and we're here to make music and have a good time and and you know whatever comes about it, then so be it. It's, there it's really has been just that easy fluid. It's just been natural. Everything that's happened just progresses just more and more, um, just just fluid. And the, what everyone does bring to the table is. Just incredible. Garrett and I probably have more similar taste in music than everyone else, but all the same, we still have our core that we're aiming towards, and then we all have revisions and just are all about just pitching ideas, and our influences bleed out through what we do, and we try just to be. I mean, it's hard to be original in this day and age, but mm-hmm. um, just just do something at least just creative, something different. So try to be outside of the box as much as we can. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Nobody else wants to say anything? You're just going to let this side of the room play? Come on, boys. Uh, Plum, okay, what are your influences? Plumley, weren't you going to say that you started playing guitar? Here, well, I'm yeah. going to speak for no, you. No, honestly, I started playing guitar, <laughs> trombone, and keyboard all at the same time. With It was just me and John's mom. With <laughs> Dick Van Dyke. It was just like, just like John on acoustic guitar, and then me... I would literally have a keyboard in front of me, a guitar over my shoulder, and a trombone, and I would play... All three in one song, and it was just—it was just awful. It was just we loved what we were doing, but it was just like people would be like, "Oh, that was yeah, that was that was something right there." But yeah, we bless the heart to try. Me and John, 
I think we probably started playing together two years before we did that, and I had really no musical background, and I love playing with these guys, because I went from guitar to, I've been playing bass for, what, two years now? Yeah, bass? Yeah, now, yeah. So Because we were going on tour, ever. and our bass player couldn't make it, so we're like, who's going to play bass? Plum, like, huh, I'll take it, I'll try it, we'll do it. That was awesome. So like a week, two weeks before? Yeah, just... I learned all the songs in about a week, yeah. awfully. <laughs> it was it was rough, and I didn't like it at first. I'm like, I want to play guitar. But I don't do this. Strings are too big. But now I think... <laughs> <laughs> now he doesn't want to go back. Now I don't want to go back to guitar, so... Which is just... fine by me, because you've got a nice American Strat that I'm playing. Yeah, still my patented dude. <laughs> really did find his niche on bass. Like, he was a good guitar player, but he's a fantastic bass player. And there's times where he and Shannon just lock in together, like, oh, hot damn. That's just, it's, it's, you couldn't match anything more perfect. One of the tightest rhythm sections in Charleston really is. Really is. Um, I'm in shock sometimes about how tight they are together. I stick to horns. <laughs> <laughs> Tried a couple other things. Well, Trey has a, he has a green tambourine. He plays. He yeah, I play a mean green I tambourine. That for you. You've got a, you've got a cup holder on your mic stand. Yeah, that's true. I do. You're the only one that has that. We don't have that. So, what are your influences, Trey? When I was growing up, it was basically anything that had a horn in it, or anything that I could imagine. I can imagine putting a horn in. Very horny. And so, like... No, literally, when I was, like, 13, it was the first time I'd ever listened to uh, Foreigner. And they used tenor sax for their solos and stuff, and that was awesome. Hell yeah. And awesome. so, I was just like, all right. Because all I did was like play in concert bands and stuff, and so. Yeah, you're more of a you're more of a classically trained mm-hmm. player than like you know rock music, ska, punk music, anything like that. Yeah. You came you you went to high school with where I went to high school, so I know what you went through. <laughs> Where'd you go to high school? GW. Yeah. George Washington High School. <laughs> I will say if if it word ever gets around, Mr. Hardman, Mark Hardman, our band director, if he's if he ever gets a chance to listen. Thanks for being a good mentor because he was probably my biggest influence musically, and uh, more than musically. I mean, he he pretty much kept my ass in line in high school. He did. I I would fuck up a little bit, and he'd help me out. You know, kind of guide me the right direction. Plus, I was the only one that really wanted to practice in the little practice rooms. <laughs> I was in there every day practicing. Truth be told, it was just really fun to get kind of stoned and go play tuba. <laughs> It, it, felt, it sounded really awesome in them little rooms, so so he didn't know it, but I'm in there, and I'm just like, oh, check this out. Oh, that sounded so good. So yeah, that was, that was me, and he's over there like, if Ryan can come in here and practice every day, there's no reason you guys can't do it. I'm like, yeah. I was the other guys. <laughs> but yeah, thank you, Mr. Hartman, if you ever hear this. Thanks, Thanks, Mr. Hartman. I don't know who you are. He's my band director, too. All right, I know some of you have already answered this, but um, did anything drive you towards music when you were younger? Like, what really... <laughs> the one that hasn't spoken. Yeah, well, why are you probably me? <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to play. <laughs> you just wanted to play music? Uh, yeah, yeah, I like to play. After... Uh, 
think it was after my first year of work and I got my first tax return and just went and got me an old cheapy. Mm-hmm. Friend taught me how to read tabs and just kind of went from there. Did that on my own for about a year and then started taking lessons from Josh Cannon. Yeah, really picked up from there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. Seriously, y'all need guitarists. Let's go to Josh Cannon. He's the man. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Um, I was musically suppressed uh, growing up. We had a very conservative family and upbringing, so we had like these like Hosanna tapes, which is like scripture put to music, mm. but no like it was a big like. For him or Steve Harris Chapman, I feel like that was like pushing it like in our in our family. Um, the newsboys. The newsboys. <laughs> Actually, I bought a newsboys album and mom and dad smashed it because I bought it without permission. Plain white tees. Plain white tees. Christian. So when I hit about high school, there's this thing called Launchcast that Yahoo put out. It was before Pandora. It was first like rate as you play. Real player. Buffering. Used up all my dial up just to listen to one song, but um, it, it exposed me to I guess Radiohead was one of the first ones. And then that went on to go more into shoegaze and just really just alternative indie stuff from the nineties. Like man, there's more than pop out there. There's more than hip hop or rap and stuff that I, I enjoy. But I just was able to. Yeah, Trey loves hip-hop. I, I do, too. I don't mind a little hip-hop now and then. Um, but from that, it just opened this whole underground world, and uh, it never stopped. Oh, me? <laughs> me? Were you? Well, I you? I uh, remember being a kid. I was probably elementary school age, probably second, third grade, and... Uh, like, old enough to still have Sesame Street on the TV every blue moon, or recall Sesame Street... And I remember this one segment on Sesame Street. It was the, the original classic Sesame Street with Gordon and the original voices wow. of Big Bird and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and they had Cab Calloway on there. I don't know if you know who Cab Calloway is, but he's an old like big band leader and singer. And he was doing this number, tap number. And it wasn't mainly him, but it was his whole group of musicians playing all the instruments together. And that sound was just in the show, and everything was just amazing. And I thought, that's pretty cool, and the whole entire episode I remember was was centered around music. So I, you know, there was another episode, or excuse me, another segment where you know the Muppets or whatever they are talking to the children, and they're talking about the instruments, and the tuba came up. And mind you, I'm a little child, and and I remember just being, wow, listen to that thing. It's huge. It's low end. It's it's a big instrument. So. I go into my mom's room and say, Mom, I want to play tuba. And she's like, you're crazy. <laughs> you know, okay, if you want to play tuba, you know, and proceeded on. That that triggered my interest in music. I wanted to play upright bass because that's the low end of the tuba. So I told Mom I wanted to play bass. So what do I get as a acoustic guitar? And I'm like, well, screw this. I don't want to learn this country stuff. This is country. I, if I want a guitar, I want a Jimi Hendrix. Electric <laughs> <laughs> guitar. Man, I'm a spoiled little shit kid. God. So I did, under the bat it went, and uh, I ended up joining a marching band and concert band through all the high school stuff and all that, all those fun times. Well, I just got this wild hair up my ass. I, I've always, like I said, been influenced by all kinds of music and blues, and, and, and I couldn't really play the blues I wanted to on the acoustic. So I'm like, what kind of acoustic music is there? And since I'm old, folks... Thanks, fellas. And and I was I remember you know listening to Dave Matthews Band in the '90s, and he had a, you know 
rhythm acoustic guitar. I'm like, well, that sounds really cool. It's not just open chords. It's he's got this funky style playing. So I learned to play that on my country quote guitar, and that's kind of where it picked up. I taught myself how to play. I took some generic, some basic lessons from Chuck Beal, who's an incredible guitar player, and I ended up quitting because I was that pompous little confident asshole. I don't want to learn basic stuff. I want to learn Eric Clapton. Yeah. So I learned enough from him to take forward. And then when I got older, I discovered tabs. Because we didn't have those tabs, kids. <laughs> we had tapes. And rewind. <laughs> and you sit there and you piss your mom off. Would you stop rewinding the same part? I'm sick of it. But, but yeah, and it, it just kind of went off from there. And I met these guys. And they're a lovely bunch of people. I'll shut up now. <laughs> I think I got my first real strict six string over at the five and dime. <laughs> <laughs> my fingers bled. Well, oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot to say I'm number 69, I think. <laughs> I'm no longer mainline of acid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just joking. I, uh, uh, I got my, uh, one of my best friends, uh, Curtis. Um, I've known him since middle school, and he always wanted me to come over to his house play drums. Come over and play his drum set. I didn't even know what I was doing. But it's like, you know, sit down, you start playing it, you're just like, yeah, it feels good. It feels really good to play it. So then you're at home, you're just beating everything, you know, going crazy, beating your table, and your parents are going crazy, because they're like, you know. The hell's wrong with my kid? shut up. <laughs> you know, dinner table, he's playing drums, and, you know, not even talking, just playing. So they finally got me a little... Uh, desktop TD fifty five, nice from uh, Yamaha. Just little pads, and I wore that thing out. I mean, I played forever. Me and Curtis's first time ever playing. We he had a little recorder and he played acoustic guitar, and I played that. Was that like, like only four pads? Had like yeah, had like well, it had the hi hat pad right mm-hmm. in the middle, and yeah, then like yeah. the four I remember, pads. Yeah, oh yeah. my god, yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and we we played some songs on that. We still play them today, even. It's pretty wild, yeah. That's wild. Uh, And then uh, finally got the, uh, you know, acoustic drum set, and from there it was on, you know. And I've been playing for about 14 years now. Wow. And, um, you know, it's all, all, I'd love to just do it forever. It's the only thing that I have to do. But right now, I've got to work and stuff, but, you know, we all do. But eventually, you know, I, I hope that my passion of drums can become my, my employment as well. Here, here. Uh, for me, uh, I wasn't really into music a whole lot when I was a kid. My sister played piano, and I was just like, eh, piano, <laughs> that's stupid. So uh, I started playing trombone in middle school and uh, went up through high school and played it until like 10th grade in high school. And then we finally got a guitar class in high school. And I'm like, I've always wanted to play guitar. I'll take guitar class. We'll play guitar maybe two days in there. <laughs> Turned into Guitar Hero. So I got pretty good at Guitar Hero in high school. But as for guitar, <laughs> not, not So you, not went great. From, you went from having a guitar? Yeah. And they're like, you know what, guys? Yard that good. So we're just going to play. It was on PlayStation 2. And they're alive. All right. So our final. So so our final in the class was. What's that? uh, Through the Fire and Flame. The final was this kid. And that's all he did. Like halfway through the semester, we're like, we don't want to play guitar here anymore. So we just hung out. 
build forts with the chairs in the pan room. <laughs> That's always did. So for the final in the class, this kid played through the fire flames on, the, on there, and he got like a ninety-one, and that was her final for everybody in the class. <laughs> you better not fuck up. So you're set the curve for everybody. Speaking of forts, didn't y'all build a fort around someone sleeping? That was school? that was, that was me. Oh. Someone was sleeping in the band class. We built a fort that was probably as high as the ceiling, like fifteen feet high. And she was asleep the whole time, and the bell rang, and she woke up. And next thing you heard was she's like, huh? And then she got up, and then it just went, and all the chairs just crashed down. But, um, yeah, anyway, I, I went to college for a couple of years. and I went to college. That's my line. I went to WU for about a year and a half, and I was living with my sister, so I didn't really get to meet anybody, so I got... I basically turned to a hermit and just watched Netflix all the time. I didn't go to class. So, came to state. I met John and Hi. we started talking. He's like, hey, I want to play. He's like, oh, you play guitar? And I don't think he knew what he was getting into when I started. I could barely play one chord. He was just like, you just, just do, do that. Don't, don't do anymore. And do less, do less. Just, just do less. And I saw a lot of potential in David, but I had to really bastardize my songs, like make it as basic as possible. And then from that, David grew. So as he grew, the songs expanded. So I saw a, a, a shining light deep down inside David. <laughs> but it was very rough. Yeah. <laughs> you just had to get in there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I took, uh, give it back. <laughs> took lessons from Josh Cannon as well. And he. <laughs> I, I don't think I really learned. I learned a lot from him, but it wasn't until probably after I quit taking lessons from him is finally when my brain's just like, "Oh, hey, this is this is how you're supposed to play." And I'm glad that our other friend had to leave for bass because I wish I picked up bass before I picked up guitar. Because I feel like if I picked up bass when I did, I would be. Where I am now, I'd be. I've been playing two years now. If I picked it up then, I would be probably six or seven years into playing bass and doing everything I wanted to do with it. So, yeah. You got anything to add, Trey? You just sitting yeah. there with your hat? I got a little bit. I am 25 now, but I picked up the trombone when I was coming out of third grade. Wow. The yeah. elementary school I went to. They had a day where everybody got to go in, and they had instruments. You could try out, like, trombone, trumpet, <coughs> drums, flute, clarinet, like, all the basics. Why didn't you go with the flute? Yeah. My sister played the flute. Oh, and I actually, they made, you, they made you try out all of them. There, there are certain things called flute lips, and some people have them, and some people, <laughs> some people don't. That I can't do it. Flute is the only one I couldn't get. Whatever you say, flute lips. My sister played flute. She's been playing as long as I have, and I can't do it. I've tried, but uh, so I've been playing. I played in elementary school. We even had a band in my elementary school. You had a band in what elementary you call school. No, it was just all oh, school. Yeah, it, was, it was like we had a school That's concert awesome. band. Uh, I had to be in choir in elementary school, and I can't even sing very well. <laughs> but I went to private school, so privileged people. But so still played in middle school and everything, and then did marching band in high school. Did a little bit of jazz band at the same high school that Ryan went to. Where, and kind of like David, 
all the training and everything I had, it never really clicked until I quit taking like music classes and everything, <laughs> and then started playing with these guys where I didn't have paper in front of me, and when you're forced to put everything that you know to the test, then it makes sense. You're exactly right, it really does. I even wrote stuff out to see music for him. He's like, I can't even read this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that everybody? Did we get everybody? So. There's yeah. too many of you. I can't. Uh, <sighs> you want to give us one? You keep, just keep going like you're on the band. <laughs> no, I just, nope. No story there. <laughs> um, as we all go through life, we kind of, our taste changes in music and stuff. Uh, how would you describe your musical timeline from like, when you first started listening to music till now? I can start with that. Cause, <laughs> uh, when I was a kid, I didn't listen to anything other than 70s. If it was made in like the late 60s, the early 70s, that's all I listened to. I was in love with Jefferson Airplane, Mamas and the Papas. Yes. Just like, you imagine the most stereotypical 70s song, 60s he song. I, I knew it, but I don't even think I've listened to... 90s music until probably like Middle junior school. year in high school. Like I was just very I was strived from everything from my generation onward. And like Blink-182 and like Green Day and all those big famous 90s bands I couldn't tell you one song that they played when I was growing up. Because I lived at home, and my parents didn't really do that, but I think once I got to high, uh, college, I... Well, you didn't have cable growing up. Yeah, I had no cable growing up, dial-up internet. I remember having to do a report, and it took me probably six hours to get the website to load. Well, when, I had, when Ryan was younger, they didn't even know what internet was. I remember was. winding up the Victrola and listening to Lawrence Welk on the radio box. I had to make I had to make a fake my I had to make a MySpace account for Aragon for my English class in high school. With the book, yeah, like uh, in uh, Lord of the Rings, yeah. I had to make like a fake profile, which I think I still have. And like some <laughs> random girl like came up to me and sent me a message, be like, "Hey, how are you doing?" So, <laughs> but um, are you doing? Oh, I'm doing okay. Anyway, um, but anyway, what um. But yeah, once I got to college, I started listening to, going back and just looking, listening to my generation of music, but for me, it's always been about the music. Whenever I listen to a song, it's never the lyrics, and um, that's probably why. <laughs> um, no, um, yeah, it's just, I, the compositions and music just interest to me, and I think that's why me and John click so well, because we just try to make each song as complicated as possible. There's and a giggle party going on over here, and I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going on. It's very good. Garrett's wearing a very funny shirt, shirt and they just is, noticed it, it like real two hours later. It's, it's, it's a Freddie Mercury shirt, but it's it's a chemistry fit Freddie Mercury. Yeah, it's the periodic shirt. element HG Mercury dressed <laughs> like Freddie Mercury. It's awesome. This <laughs> is pretty great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's all I have to say. So. I listen to everything my parents listen to when I was growing up. I mean, if it's in the car, they have music going. 
on the beach trips to Daytona, there was like three cassette tapes that they just played on repeat for who knows what reason? <laughs> Speed Wagon. I mean, yeah. Keep on rolling. You know, I'm, I'm a little kid. I'm back here. Woo! Woo! I don't even know what I'm doing. Uh, uh, some country mixtape with uh, If You Drink, Don't Drive, Do the Watermelon Crawl. Dad listened to classic rock, so, you know, it's definitely in the classic rock. And then, you know, as I started playing, I listened to more and more, and now it's like I keep listening to music and trying to find something just new, better, and it's just like, can I find something that I've never heard before? It doesn't sell anybody else. So the closest up came is my favorite group, Unfreeze so McGee. I can't find anybody that really compares to them, but I'm trying still. I'm never satisfied. It's like, I'll, sometimes I'll be at work and I have a, a nice lab office with a stereo system that can pump out music loud as I want. Sometimes I just don't even listen to anything. I just cannot decide. I'm in my head just like, I want to hear this, but nah, it's not going to be right right now. It's, uh, it's a struggle I go through. I listen to everything. Mm-hmm. I think just from growing up, listening to different things that my parents played started me on the right path. I remember listening to Randy Travis on a tape in my grandma's Bonneville. In the <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's where it all starts. My uncle had a pool. There's three wooden crosses. Yeah. No, it was like old 8 by 10 mm-hmm. And like older, like, I don't know. It was just, it was a lot of Randy Travis type, type country. Of, uh, what else was there? Who, who I, I try to block that part of my memory out. Because <laughs> it was a lot of country um, with my parents, or not my parents, but my grand, grandparents and my aunts and uncles who I spent a lot of summers with. And mom and dad, dad was the stereotypical you know, 70s guy, you know, heard from mom, had the van with the shag carpet, the loud stereo, you know, the Led Zeppelin, the Pink Floyd, the Jimi Hendrix, uh, all that, the stereotypical classics, late 60s, Rolling Stones, that that was my influences, and I listened to that a lot. Then I got into the 80s, and there really wasn't a whole lot of the 80s that, that, I, that I enjoyed. There was a lot of good that come out of the 80s. I like Peter Gabriel. One hit wonder. But there was just there was just a lot of I I, I like to say that the the late sixties and seventies was when it, when everybody was awake in, my, in their head and they they could see all this awesome stuff going on and the eighties was kind of the recovery from that. We're going to figure out this new technology. Technology was getting better, getting better, getting better. Sense just took over and it got mechanical sounding and and then the nineties comes along. I listened to. I didn't like the grunge scene. I didn't like Nirvana and any of that that type stuff. Yeah, everybody. Flame me, roast away. <laughs> He's old. old. It's okay. Nirvana, Nirvana is terrible. I do not like them. But <laughs> but but I was always about the the random obscure stuff in the nineties, like Soul Coughing. That was that, that's the most random band I could think of in the nineties. They had a song called "It's Chicago Is Not Chicago," and if you find a live version of it, it's pretty pretty cool uh, and I haven't listened to anything really new since like 1997 cause I'm old right no <laughs> no I, I'm with Shane I like Umphreys and, and the, the newer jam scene is kind of where I'm at I, I like I like Umphreys and Fish and and, and uh, 
big something is a new one that, that I've been that Shane turned me on to that I just I can't get enough of and just stuff in that genre. I feel like I'm talking a whole hell of a lot. He said, just make sure you tell them you're not mainlining acid anymore. <laughs> uh, well, I always felt kind of backwards because when I first started into music, <coughs> I loved really docile, quiet, pretty music. And then the scene around here is all metal and hardcore. I still go to these shows. I'm like, I don't get it. <laughs> so much angst. I know. I'm so angry. I, I guess not maybe... even teenagers anymore. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> um, but it wasn't until about 2009 that I had a roommate named Jeremy Barry Randall. If you're listening, Jeremy, thank you. Um, he who got me into like, Every Time I Die and Boys in the Well, this whole new side of hardcore and metal I'd never heard before. And then I'm really a lyrics person, so that started speaking to me. And like, hey, there's this thing called time signature. And what he told me that like, normal music's in 4 4, and then this new progressive stuff's all in like 7 or 5 or just weird off times. And then he just, when he said that, it, it clicked. And then I like, it just tore apart music for me. So I had to go back and list everything and take it all apart and reconstruct it. And um, it just created a whole new realm for me. So that's when I got into more progressive stuff. And then you go back and listen to Bandler Kansas or Yes or uh, or some other ones from the 70s. King Crimson. Oh, like, yeah, King Crimson. Like, man, like that, where they're super ahead of their time and they're just really... <coughs> Yeah, Robert so, Fripp is Striper. awesome. Striper. Striper. <laughs> to hell! <laughs> the devil! Um, and, but, so with that came, like, I had to now start creating music like that. And I couldn't turn it off. And then I met Plumley, and I was like, Plumley, check this out. And I gave him that minus touch. Now he can't create anything that's different than that. And yeah. so now it's just the biggest, just the challenge is to make something that is, uh, I don't know, make sure your, your brain think, tickle your brain a little bit. Um, so yeah, I went from really soft, sad music into heavy, progressive music. Heavy, sad music. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it balance in between. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Girth. What do you want, Freddie Mercury? Uh, <laughs> hey. Giggle party. Kind of started out the same way, just listening to whatever my parents had playing in the car, which was a lot of country at the time. My dad uh, listened to Bachman Turner Overdrive, yeah. Creedence yeah. Clearwater, Simon and Garfunkel. Got started there. Um, you know, listen some R and B on the radio. Had the uh, had a cassette dope. tape. Yeah, is that rap and beats? I'm sorry, it's stuff for rap and beats. I uh. It's on the stitches. It's actually yeah, uh, I actually had the uh, well, I had the cassette tape for Big Willie style. Wore that thing out there time. Oh yeah, Miami. Who will admit to that? I will. <laughs> uh, and then I started getting into um, metal, or at least radio metal at the time. You know, Disturbed, System of a Down, uh, Metallica, just what was out there. And then around that time, that's when uh, downloading music was a thing. And, um, Bear share. Yeah. Well, there's Share Bear, Kazaa, Morphous, Vitamix. I remember Napster. <laughs> that was a thing. I didn't follow that bandwagon. Um, Does anybody remember MIRC? Merck? Yeah, nobody remembers. Do you remember Merck? I'm sorry, I'm bugging. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, um, I lived, like, 
kind of out of the sticks. Like the cable I had was in Delphia. We had like twenty channels. We eventually we got. <laughs> I had five channels, so you were living luxury. <laughs> well, you had an antenna. We had cable. But antenna. It was antenna. Antenna. I had a little box we could turn it to, and it was fancy. We had <laughs> On my first TV, no shit. Really, only went to channel thirteen. Like, <laughs> went click, 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 click. Thirteen back to two. Come back around. Like, come back around. Yes, it came back. Wind it backwards. No, it came back around. Okay. <laughs> Um, we got satellite, and that's when I got uh, the so, Fuse channel, and that really, like, opened up a whole new world of music. I mean, that's where I started listening to a lot of pop punk, you know, Victory, mm-hmm. record label. Yeah. <laughs> you had uh, Taking Back Sunday, brand new, um, uh, Bayside, Silverstein, there's a lot of stuff. Um, anywho, uh, I brought up, like, the whole downloading music, because, uh, you know, just started to make my own mixtapes. And I had this one, mixtapes, mix CDs, whatever, had this one that was haunted. Um, <laughs> yeah, I had this one CD player. And, uh, well, you know, burnt 17, 18 songs on this disc, put in anything else it plays, what I put on there, I put in this one portable CD player, and it plays Rodeo or Mexico by Garth Brooks. <laughs> to this day can't explain this because I never owned that song. I don't know why it plays it. So did it not, so did you listen to the files on your computer and they, they played fine and but on yeah, the Yeah, they got anything else. Anything else plays fine. You put in wow. this poor change I hit itself across the board. That's crazy. Yeah. That's creepy. Uh, and um, I still kind of live in 2004. I've expanded a little bit but you know, well, I kind of listen to older stuff now. Whenever I get in the car, it's just 100.9 for the most part. The mix. The mix. One, two, three, and Hanson. Yeah. And like a lot of progressive instrumental stuff, Animals as Leaders. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Other things. I grew up, like I said. <laughs> Poor black. I, was <laughs> I don't know how many people have seen the jerk, but I really wanted to say that. <laughs> But where I grew up playing like concert music, even at a young age and stuff, my dad was always a history buff, and the minivan we had, it only had a tape deck in it, CDs, we just didn't have them, and he loved the soundtrack to the movie Gettysburg. I'm not going to lie, but the film film score to that movie was two tapes long, and he would play it like all the time. That's random. Oh, I mean, to this day, I could probably play that whole uh, <laughs> And then, uh, when we had CD players and stuff, my parents, we either listened to anything old, just like the rest of the guys. Uh, so, I grew up with a love for like classic rock and all that stuff. But my dad has always liked Vince Gill. And he's a killer guitar player. Dude, he's great. He really is. But didn't he marry Amy Grant for a while? I don't remember. My neighbor went to school with Vince Gill. Really? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Oh. But the his C D the key nice. I have probably heard more times in the, than any other C D I've ever heard because they played it in the car twenty four seven. And 
So then went out of school and started <laughs> you're making fun of me. Seems like this side of the uh, room is a little I don't know. They're against me. No, uh like I said, the classic rock scene. My dad bought me some Eagle CDs and like Porter and all that stuff when I was like eleven or twelve and uh it kind of just went on from there. I didn't really listen, like, kind of like Plumley. I didn't really listen to anything that, like, our generation listened to until, like, years later. But I went back and... You gotta go back. You gotta go back. <laughs> you gotta go back. You gotta go back. And so now I listen, like I said, anything with horn in it. I'm a big fan of Trombone Shorty. His band's incredible. Yes. Uh, Orleans Avenue. Yes. And that's pretty much it from there. I'm glad nobody likes Bruce Springsteen. I'll just put that out there. Yeah, I don't think anybody in the band. Oh, thank God, yeah. I've seen Bruce twice, y'all. Hey, the E Street Band, I will, I'm not going to lie, the E Street Band puts on a hell of a show, but Bruce will ag- he will drag his songs on for 20 minutes. We're going to make an emancipation. You're a jam-pication. <laughs> yeah. A baptism of nation. Wait, wait, wait. You're a jam-pan fan and you could complain about Bruce taking a song for 20 minutes? Because he makes up words. <laughs> <laughs> he sits there and screams and plays one so chord and just goes, ring, and ring. So your work uh, on Interesting fact, Bruce actually does most of the guitar solos in his songs. Yeah, he does. Ooh. I thought he what was songs? just like, oh, baby. Yeah. No, he'll play. He's, he's, he's a good, I just don't like his style. I don't know how we got on Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> <laughs> you brought it up. <laughs> you brought it up. I'm blaming y'all. Oh. I'm too old for this. It's late. That's my bedtime, boys. Okay. Um, are there any bands or artists that you all listen to that might surprise fans of your music? Like any guilty pleasures? Uh, I mean, I'll enjoy a few Maroon 5 songs. That's something that... <laughs> and by enjoy, he knows every word. Really? Well, we're now, no pretty, we're now no pretty pictures without John <laughs> the, the, I remember, actually, uh, one of the first songs I ever downloaded legally was uh, She Will Be Loved by Maroon 5. So I had a friend who, I uh, usually liked everything he liked, so he was like, hey, check out this song. I was like, this song is dope. <laughs> I used to you know, cry in my room listening to it. She Will Be Loved. Um... <laughs> That's, but even still, I think they have good musicians in the band. Uh, other than that, I mean, I listen to anything. I just get really perturbed with formulas, I guess. Um, but other than that, I mean, there's some pop stuff that I'll, I'll really get down to. Like, uh, like what, John? Well, I, mean, I like Lady Gaga because I mean, there's stuff that they're catchy, well-constructed songs. Now I'll come with her shirts. I do have Lady Gaga shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a free bitch, baby. <laughs> yeah, I don't have many CDs or anything left. I've lost them. They're all scratched. But for some reason, to this day, in my house I'm living in now, it's not even at my parents' house, I got the cassette, TLC Waterfall. <laughs> <laughs> don't want no scrubs. was my jam. It still can be my jam. Uh, and I, I definitely got it. I, I'm proud of everything I listen to. I don't... I don't I'm not bashful. If someone hates on something I like, it, I'm just gonna be like, "Yeah, I like it. And you need to like it too." <laughs> but yeah, I, for some reason, I mean, <laughs> System of a Down was one of those that you know 
growing up, everybody was kind of into like more of the pop Backstreet Boy stuff, and I'm over here like, why did President Fox Notorious B.I.G. All kinds of nice little, nice little things. <laughs> I used to have to sneak around my music when I worked with this one girl in the same lab I'm in now. Now it's a now it's a guy that likes music just like me. He'll listen to anything, but yeah, I'd be trying to like listen to uh, I don't know Jackson Five or something. She come in. And, Can you turn this off? Turn some Keisha on. <laughs> <laughs> Skrillex. Really? Really? I never would think for a Skrillex. Truth comes up. That's crazy. I knew it. I was saying. He's been holding that one in. I will. I will get really high and listen to some dubstep or some EDM. I do love LMFAO as well. Yes. Yes, I do too. LMFAO. It seems oh in my subconscious when I worked at Hot Topic because they just played that album. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Eventually, you're singing with it. I don't really like Party Rock, but every other song on that element of the album is pretty awesome. It's great. I did the same thing with Kesha. Now I feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> shame, shame me. You know, there's just something about sometimes just <laughs> listening to that weird shit and it's like. <laughs> My computer's breaking. No, 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 man. We got it's kind of cool. I mean, I used to kind of complain and say, "Oh, these guys are just hitting buttons on their computer." But I mean, they're doing a lot of shit, man. I've looked into that. This sounds great. A lot of those sounds are created by themselves. They'll sample a tone of something and then take and modify the hell out of it, and they get these weird ring modulations and. That takes pretty good. It takes talent, just the same as it takes to you know play the drums or the guitar or something like that. I never thought I'd hear you say that. Never. I'm impressed. Really. Huh. Bad. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> you made a whole wheel of cheese. <laughs> you moved <laughs> in the refrigerator. In English, Baxter. You know I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> Where are you from? Uh, I don't know. I for, I don't. Say I like her, but lately I've been moving to Taylor Swift, and I don't know why. I just like her voice, but I don't listen hey, to her music. Hey, I don't. I'm I don't gonna know stop why. you right here. Taylor Swift's good. Yeah, she's got enough. But Beyonce's better. Uh, no, I don't like Beyonce. I'm not a big fan of Beyonce. Uh, I'm gonna let you finish. <laughs> finish. No. Uh, I'm like you're ready. Did, did it help you? For me, I think it's just the variety of I, of stuff that I have because. I think it's every day, he, like when John used to work at Chick-fil-A, I'd be mean, like, yeah, I was listening to this. And he's like, listen to this? Like, what? Because I'll skip from Thelonious Monk and playing jazz, and, yeah. then, I'll, and then I'll go to like, just, I'll go to like, um, Why, which is just a like, progress like indie rock band that does spoken word, and then I'll skip to uh, Rush, and then I'll skip to like, uh, just... Minus, Some, the bear. minus the bear, just I'll just have the Beatles. They hate me in the car because I'll just I have no rhythm of like matching songs together. I'm just like I'm gonna play this one. Such just chords of a song starting just like because. <laughs> yeah, it's just like I'll start out slow. I'll play like, "Dust in the Wind," and next thing you know, be like just just Y Y Z, just going straight into it. But yeah, I don't 
right lately I haven't really been listening to a whole lot of music. So yeah. I've just just turned the radio on, just hear whatever, and then make my girlfriend mad because yeah. I'll, after after about thirty seconds I'll pick up the song because it's in four four, and then I'll just sing the words to it. <laughs> I'd be like shake shake shake. Yeah, shake, just shake. like I'd be like, hey, guess what? They're gonna go back to the chorus in three, two, ah. Uh. <laughs> but yeah. I, I'd say that I don't have, like, anything that I would say that I was embarrassed that I listened to, or that I would be, like, ashamed of being like, hey, you should check out this song or whatever, but I, like, haven't listened to a lot of new music in my car lately, the radios, or, like, just play whatever's on my phone or whatever, but I am a big fan of musical comedy, and Stephen Lynch. Oh my gosh! I'm sorry, I, always, I really love him. <laughs> I just got really excited. I've always thought he was hilarious, and I always kind of thought that he just like sang dumb songs and didn't really put any music behind it. But he put a new album out just a couple years ago, uh-huh. and he has like musicians that he met in New York and Nashville and everything. And the album's beautiful. Hmm. Uh, the lyrics, they match the tone of the songs and everything, but they're hilarious hmm. at the same time. Interesting. Who does the voice of Bob's Burgers? John the same, The guy that does uh, Archer. Archer. Yeah. He, just, he just put out an album called I Wish I Learned How to Play Piano. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> he, he hired, and they didn't even know it, he hired four great jazz players, session players, and he was going to come in and play piano on the jazz compositions. <laughs> they didn't know how to play piano. They didn't know this. Of course, they're getting paid. <laughs> you just got to check it out. It's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like, it's fundamental jazz. Wait, so here's the course. Yeah, yeah. you got to check it out. It's called, I think it's called uh, Wish I Wish I Would Have Learned How to Play Piano. I have to listen. That's funny. Yeah, it's The session players said that they weren't, they didn't understand why he did it. They're, they weren't even happy about it. <laughs> they weren't even happy about it. Really, I don't see where it's funny. That's funny. Do you have any skeletons here? Oh, I thought I covered it. Oh, okay. Weird Al's always good. Weird Al. <laughs> <laughs> I love Weird Al. <laughs> He's coming in Charleston. What? what? Yeah. yeah. September. September. We're going. I saw him at Bamboozle in 2007. <laughs> <laughs> was it? <laughs> right before MC Hammer. Did awesome. you imagine those two back to back? Weird. weird. <laughs> like, the only thing better than that, like then back to back, is that they came out and did a number together. <laughs> They just shot you down hard, Trey. <laughs> <laughs> I think they'd do it. Oh, saying that didn't happen, but yeah, that would be interesting. We make your job easy. You haven't had to you haven't had to ask any questions. We just talk. You may as well call it campsite fire chats. <laughs> it might as well be with how many. I'm not used to so many people here, uh, but it's fun though, right? 
all these people? <laughs> <laughs> um, we don't normally talk. Really? Yeah. No, we don't. I don't we, believe we, you. We, we, I no, don't believe no, <laughs> you. A lot of this stuff, a lot of this yeah. stuff, so, to be honest, I, I found out a lot of stuff from everybody. Because <laughs> <laughs> we get there, we'll talk about, we talk about, you know, your normal things. Oh, man, my stomach hurts. Oh, man, I eat too much. Oh, oh hang on. I man, I'm really stuff. hungry right now. Yeah, I'm <laughs> hungry. Yeah. Oh, that's about it. Who's that impression of? <laughs> that's just a, that's just a generic everybody conglomeration of the whole band. Yeah, it's a little bit of Trey David. That is a pretty picture right there. Oh, yeah, no pretty picture. The guy, you know, oh, it, no, the typical no pretty picture is not short, but he's not tall. He wears a shirt and he has shoes. No chance. Yo, Copernicus, why don't you go stand at the back of the line with your shirt? Why don't you go and stand at the back of the line with your shoes? And with your Wait shirt. there with your face. Sorry, Katie, I fucked that up. She knows that that's, that's been kind of our inside joke. Hey, Copernicus. And I screwed it up. <laughs> Joey Butterfuka over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so what else is there um, for us? Let's see. You got, pretty, you got some deep digging questions that'll make you learn anything else about these guys? Not this one. Uh, uh, <laughs> Maybe later. Out of all the places you've performed at so far, what's been your favorite? That's a good question. That's a good question. Oh. Hmm. Fillmore East. Oh, wait, that was my dream. <laughs> uh, I would say uh, probably our favorite and the most loved place we like playing is Blue Parent. So we love Tom there. He loves what we do. He's always welcoming. And we just love going and playing for him because he's just a great guy. Mm-hmm. So and He's been super gracious. Like back in the day, we really did suck. Really bad. Yeah. And he's, Speaking about sucking, should we tell the story, John? I don't know where this, this is going. Is <laughs> when, uh, when David and I first started, I just I, I knew how to play drums a little bit, but I was just like I really wanted just to play some drums. Um, so we played two, two acoustics, whatever. So Blue Parrot has an open mic that Johnny Compton used to run, and we love you, Johnny. Thanks for doing what you do. Um, and we get there, and we're waiting in turn to play, and then we got it was like. Free pictures or something where it's just like yeah, it was like it's like I think they gave us like here you can have two pictures on us like just just (laughs) have it we're like okay and then it Johnny Compton I think he played and like because he did like probably like an hour set or something by himself before everyone else played and John we both drank and then John's like hey hey I really want to play the drums I got a house kit. I want to play the drums. I'm like, John, like, we're just acoustic duo. We wrote, we wrote our songs where you have to have two acoustic guitars because I don't play in one section and you don't play in one section. It's like, dude, it's going to be okay. I got this. We're going to go. So we, so we went up there. He pulled out the drumsticks. They were probably... how like... Three times as long. <laughs> they were probably like like eighteen inches long drumsticks. No one knows. And he's like, "All right, here we go. The song's called Goomart." Drops the stick immediately. <laughs> it bounced off the rim of one of the tom because it was so huge. <laughs> so we played. We played like one and a half songs, and, like, oh. and then Johnny came up and was like, "Yep, y'all." That was a great guy. We got kicked off stage. That's how bad we it that, was. Man. So Tom has put up with a bunch well, of that, Tom wasn't there that night. It was just yeah. Oh, it's Tom probably a good it. thing. Tom, maybe. I don't know. But with that, thank you, Tom, Johnny, everyone at the Blue Parrot for putting up with us. So, yeah, there's that. 
So uh, for me, it didn't exist anymore. There's a place in Clarksburg called the Main Street Cafe, oh, yeah. and it was this do-it-yourself venue. They were fucking awesome. So Daniel Sissy, thank you all so much for what you did for so many years, and we'll miss you guys a lot. Um, but they've put so many shows on with so many different bands from across the country, and when you walk in, it's just a warm environment. Everyone there, we met so many nice people there. And um, it's just a really neat place to play. They had a dog there for a while. Yeah, yeah a dog. Just Khaleesi. Awesome. Khaleesi, yeah. yeah. She chased yeah. all the strobe lights. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> it, was, it was really cool. And uh, it was just a, uh, something you really, I, I wish to do in the future is to have something that and warm and inviting and accommodating to everybody. So that's my favorite. So thank you all, Main Street. Anyone else? Yeah, probably my favorite show we've had so far was the Redemption show at Main Street. We, mm-hmm. we all had our actual gear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, this yeah. one time, we were repacking the car, and we forgot to repack Plumley's bass and Trey's trombone. So we get to the venue, we pull up, we thought someone stole some of our gear. In Clarksburg. In Clarksburg. Yeah. Right. yeah. And... <laughs> I was freaking out. I just bought that bass. Yeah. Yeah. I've had that trombone since I was like 15. Yeah. And it's not like it's not like you get to a to a venue and it's like, "All right, well, for some reason we don't have our instruments. Hey, other guy, other band, can we borrow your bass? Sure. What about your trombone?" Oh fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we there's there a aren't any other guys. There's a old there's an old trombone up in like Rusty. a little display case. Yeah. It was like But it was look, like an old E flat trombone. Yes. <laughs> it looked like it hadn't been played in 20 years. We're like Ron's like, "Hey, you think you can play that?" And I looked down I'm like, "Are you serious right now?" <laughs> Oh my god, I'm, I'm like, he can't that. play that. He's like, you at least try it. I'm just like, I shook his head at him. I'm like, don't go look for my bass. And that's how Trey got that. <laughs> <laughs> came back the next time. Uh, yep. Yeah, good show. Put it up on YouTube. Definitely yeah. really good. It was a good show. Also, we got to play one, two, three a couple years back, and that was fantastic. So shout out to them, <clears throat> and hope to get back there soon. Wink, wink. 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 Nudge, nudge. 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 <laughs> Say no more. Say no more. I, I, there's a, there's been a few venues we've played at that I've really enjoyed. I really well, liked uh, Kings Avenue Five. Oh, that's yeah. that's yeah. what I was Columbus. getting ready to say. Which which we're going to be playing there. When is it? June. Yeah. June. Yeah. Um, it's it's a really nice place in Columbus. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. They're real professional. They've got a restaurant built into the the actual venue, and it's so cool because when you you know you're you're at a show and you gotta pee or something. Or you gotta. Oh, that's another story, but, <laughs> but you, you gotta pee or something, and you're you're not you know part of the band. You're you're a, a patron or or whatever you want to call it, and you go to the bathroom. They have your music feeding through the speakers in the bathroom, which is pretty cool. cool. I remember going in there and taking a whiz and hearing uh, who was it, Derek Patterson, and I'm like, are you kidding me? That's house. That is sweet. You're not you came right it. after that, like, dude, go to the bathroom. Like, check it out. Like, like, I don't no. care. I'm like, you what's in the notes. bathroom? Like, dude, you got to check it out. Just go. <laughs> and and uh, we also, speaking of, of Pete, we, we, play, we play Nashville. And it's like, holy God, we're playing Nashville. Cool. And then you get there, it's like, well, everyone else is playing Nashville, yeah. too. But it's, it's real a real good experience just to get out there and just see how it is, other than the fact that when you go out of state, and you don't have a designated sound man, you have to run the risk of, you know, having a house sound man that you have to pay for who knows nothing of your music. Absolutely nothing. And if they don't really care for it, 
you know, they're pretty jaded people being in Nashville, seeing music day in, day out, day in, day out. So they're just kind of like, here's another band. Okay, cool. And our sound wasn't the greatest that night. We Trey were, sounded great, though. Trey was... <laughs> Trey was <laughs> well, apparently and, thought trombone was the lead instrument. He and, had it pumping through the house. It and, was... Yeah. And another thing is we realized we get there, and we're, me and John are pumped. We're like, Nashville, yeah. So, whoa, this, bar, this bar doesn't have liquor. Well, that's no good. So we walk over to the liquor store and we get ourselves a little bottle of liquor and we sit out in the back little green room and me and John, <laughs> and me, little. Me and, John uh-huh. me and John sat back there and we had a few drinks. And so I had to pee come halfway through the set. You asked, you asked me permission in the middle of a song. <laughs> I'm like, dude, we got two songs. I'm like, just hold it. And he's like, I can't hold there it. Was no I holding, can't there was hold no it. holding it. There was going to be pee on the stage. <laughs> so we're in the middle of an intro to the song we played on here, Lockdown, and... Uh, I think that's what it was. It yeah. was lockdown. Was bodies were lockdown. It was lockdown. We had no bodies yet. Your and, body was and, right after that. And uh, it was just the intro, real slow. And I look over at Dave. And I'm like, can I go pee? Like, no way. I'm like, no, I'm going to pee. I look at John. And I said, hey, hey, jam this out. I'm going to pee. So, yeah, I didn't hear you say it. I saw him walk off stage. I thought he was like, I'm done. He walked, this he walked off like stage. This. And then I didn't, I didn't hear him. So I look back and then I see his guitar on the ground. I was just like. And then I just saw him running because there's a little hallway that you have to go back into the bathroom. And I saw him running, and John turned around and was like, Where's Ron? I'm like, He went to go pee. <laughs> hey, when nature calls, nature calls, man. And I just, I was having, I couldn't hear myself. I, I was getting frustrated. It was just one of those frustrated. Trey was too damn loud. It was, yeah. It wasn't my fault. It wasn't our I'd like to point that out. But I will say that that experience, that whole, the whole, like experience of being with the group of guys going from out of state to venue to venue is just fun. It's it's great, and we learned how to grow up for two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that's back when we all thought we were jinxed and we could only play three good shows in a row too. Yep. yep. Oh yeah, because in, in Columbus for that Ryan's amp died like halfway through the set. Like we you know, just have a, a bad run of usually I break stuff, but this time it was just, it was just, just Ryan. But the Derek Patterson band was there to save them. They so did, they played yeah. an even better that's, the, that's the, the beauty of, of musicians, and it's like a family. It's it, Everyone kind of helps each other out, no matter where you're at. It's really cool. That's why I mean, the whole DIY scene is neat like that, because even when we played Nashville, Neverhawks, they were really great guys, and our friend Rick Perdue was playing there, mm-hmm. our friend Taylor Napier, and uh, just everyone that you, you reach out, and those who do receive you are usually just really nice, kind people. They just want to have music happen, and I've... If we can get because it's hard to trading shows because here there's either bars or it's not like a venue you can bring people to play shows at, so it's a little rough. Like, hey, you get us here, we'll try to get you here, but you gotta be 21 or fit this style, so that's a little, a little frustrating. But Charleston's getting there, I believe in you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Big a little more awkward silence, okay? I can't keep track. Is any, has everybody went? Did yeah. you go? You're quiet. No, we're good. You're, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> they covered them all. Oh, I've, I've had a couple of what was the question moments. And I, like I'm sitting around in my head, I'm going, okay, 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 what was it? What was it? Why are we talking about Bruce Springsteen right now? <laughs> is it, is it, it time for my nightly? <laughs> um, is Florence Welk still on the TV? <laughs> the bubbles, the bubbles. What was the first song you performed as a band, and what was that experience like? Oh, first song. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess there's a couple. If you go back to John and Plumley back in the day when they were playing with John's mom, 
then uh, I don't know what you played first. I no. Trey's been on point with these. No. <laughs> John's mom was their drummer. She Karen Poole, you're an awesome drummer, by the way. But uh, if you go back with the full band, the first song, it was the first song. It's yeah. it yeah. called First Song, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but no, the first time we actually played out was at the Boulevard Tavern. Almost, it was a little over three years ago. Yeah. Um, and we had no idea about etiquette for shows, so we did a sound check. We're like, that's good enough, and just started playing. John yeah, started the John show just started, a half hour early. And then they came up and they were like, that's great, guys, but you don't have to play right now. <laughs> oh, well, too late. Um, but yeah, because, and it was, we had a very loud drummer at the time. He was an incredible drummer, but the tavern's a very long room, mm-hmm. so it's, but he, as a power drummer, it's just, just like just explosive, and we were just we were all very just green, and we learned a lot just even from that show. Mm-hmm. Um, so from that, we we've grown, and there's videos of our first year, and they were pretty pretty darn terrible. But <laughs> um, some of us were. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. First song. First song. I'm. Pro- I well, I don't remember performing. Uh, do you? Does anybody remember what? The- well, originally, the first show with Ryan, he opened for us just by himself, and then mm-hmm. we had him sit in some solos, so he hasn't really integrated into the songs yet. He's kind of... I think my first show, before. real official first show, was that Huntington House show. Oh, yeah. Was it? I yeah, think so. The Elimination Chamber. I think that was my first first, yeah. because I had a music stand. <laughs> oh, yeah, because for a while, you were just doing solos for us, because you were yep. still learning the songs. Yep. Yeah. I remember that. I'd I sit there I, I and just mention that. Mm-hmm. So I love house shows, and our friend actually would have this place called the Elimination Chamber. She invited us down to play, and then Trey shows up like, so fucking small, I'm going to fit in here, nah, and just get all pissed. I don't like, like Trey. Yeah, what's the way you put Trey in the corner? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't like house shows. I'll say it right shows. now. I don't remember that other band that was playing, but remember he had a bass, he had his guitar going through the bass, he yeah. had the, mm-hmm. the, the, the lead guitar amp. Yeah, the Living really Rooms cool. played that, there's a bunch of good bands that played that, so yeah. First song I learned. First song I learned was Treasure. Oh yeah, yeah. this is the very first one. You I still learned. can't play it. <laughs> it used to be Samsonite. There's no Samson. Yeah, yeah, Samsonite. Samson. My ass. Yeah. <clears throat> Way back. You remember? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that was the first time. Garrett, if you go with appearances, Garrett was in the band before me. Or me. Or me. You were in there. <laughs> Was yeah, you were playing keyboard. You you were I'm up there in that keyboard. Attic. I don't. Re- I played so many instruments. I don't even know what I played in this band. So. Yeah, oh, no. we we I rode with you to this random guy's house. I didn't know, and we no, played in his attic. Yeah, that was Mike Robinson's house with Grant Moreland. That's when. But we he playing. did have. He did play. Keyboard. I was he there. Was yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. Zach Saladay showed up too. And, oh yeah. Okay. Like this the second. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I told you I actually blocked that out. It's <laughs> probably because I was on keyboard. <laughs> Make it stop. Do no. I get to keep this chair after this interview? Um, it's so I don't know about that. This is a really nice chair. For those at home that can't see, this is a purple, luxurious chair. Sure. It, is, it is perfect typing. Perfect posture. posture. You're going to go take your secretary exam. And I'm, going to, I'm sitting here in my meditative pose, just comfortable as all hell with no shoes on. This is a campfire yeah. sessions. <laughs> We're very relaxed here at Acoustic mm-hmm. Air. You do whatever you want. <laughs> okay, not whatever. Don't. <laughs> um, you are the first, though, on the show to take your shoes off. Okay, now we're getting to... <laughs> uh, I don't see sprinklers. You're good. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, no fire. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, put that out. 
Um, okay, what's a... Do you have any good, interesting, or embarrassing story? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, did, we, did we already cover no, the most no. embarrassing no. thing? No. Not the no. most embarrassing. What is the most <laughs> embarrassing? Oh, the one I can think of immediately is before we moved into our new practice space... We used to, you know, we still drink and have a good time during rehearsals. You want me to not tell this? The water story? No. Okay, then we're good. No, no. <laughs> this, this is the hallway story. This is the hallway story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the water story is just an unfortunate event of too much alcohol. But this, the, the hallway story, well. <laughs> In our practice space. We have this hallway. There's several rooms, and then there's a gym. Yeah. Right down yeah. the hall. James? Yeah. And there are restrooms along that hallway past our practice space. <laughs> John went to the restroom, and we had been, like, packing some stuff up. We'd been talking. We were all getting ready to go out and have he, a cigarette and He pee thought and take a that break. we were right behind him, but a woman <laughs> walked out of the gym... And went down the hall. Granted, it was like 8.30. Usually it was like the gym. It was yeah, normally yeah. nobody's in that gym. And I'm going to let Ryan take over after this one. <laughs> well, John walks out. John walks out. You know, guys, i got to go pee. Well, literally. So he, he, was, takes, he was right behind he me. He takes yeah. off to pee. And we're right, we're we're right behind him. So I stop. And, and I just stop for a minute. And I don't go anywhere. And we all kind of pause. Well, that small pause <laughs> was enough time for this woman to come out of the gym, walk by the room. And unbeknownst to us, John had exposed his genitalia <laughs> to every one of us to be like, hey, guys! And it wasn't us. We were right behind you. And all we heard was like, oh, oh sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and you hear just the door slam open. He runs back into the bathroom. <laughs> So, and that was that was that oh, story. The, the old, the old brain. <laughs> yeah, getting the old brain. That poor woman probably went home and was like, "I'm never coming back. I am never coming to this gym. Absolutely not." I never not. saw her again. <laughs> I'm renewing my wife's. <laughs> Unfortunately, John has this has this innate ability to let his genitalia flop out somehow during any time we go. When was the last time? Well, when we went on tour and we were sitting in the room and, and, and everyone was. So those, those were clothed. No, they weren't. Yeah. You came out of the bathroom naked, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> we were all yeah. We were all like like John was like, okay, time to go to bed. You know, I'm going to take a shower. Everyone's kind of winding down yeah. and. Me and Trey, the two of the two of the biggest guys, were sharing a bed together. We're sharing for a Howard Johnson. Plumley's on the floor in the corner, and our tiny at the time we had this drummer Matthew, and he he was probably as big as his stool, and he's this big, so he's like, well, I don't know where I'm going to sleep, so he sleeps right here in the middle between the two beds. Puts towels down. So and he's kind of being, he's kind kind of just like, oh god, he's you can tell he's in a tense mood. He he's just. I want to go to sleep. I want to relax. Well, John's like, we're on tour. I'm in a good mood. Come on, loosen up. So he comes. <laughs> Didn't we just get in and out burger? Yeah, we just had an in and out. Jack in the box. Jack in the box. It's been a yeah. very long day. Yeah, so John comes out like like trying to liven the mood, and you're like, hey, like standing over him with no clothes on. Like, get up. He flips out so hard. Like, I don't think Matt touched the ground from laying down to standing up. He was just like, can you just grow up for two and a half minutes? 
Seriously. And as soon as he said that, I'm over in the corner, just dying, laughing hysterically. Because he's the young, he's the youngest one of the group. He should be thinking this stuff is hilarious. And he was the one with the head on his shoulders going, guys, come on, come on now, guys. Let's be serious. And I was just awkward, awkward silence. And there's pulling the background just trying to laugh. It was probably the alternator. So, yeah. Sorry, John. Our genitalia stories. Yeah, that's love you, Max. I swear, I swear, Boss, you just made me do a All of them. Hi, hang, 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 hang your butt over the urinal. Please, um, pinch off a mud dragon. Hi. It's not funny. What are you boys laughing at? Has anybody seen that one? The history of the urinal base. I love that one. A little brown snake. I digress. <clears throat> All right, I guess we will move on to the last question because. You guys take up a lot of time, too. You got some editing to do. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. No editing. This is no editing. Nice gold. Um, all right. What, what is the, what's the most defining moment of your musical career so far? We have to think about our whole life before. <laughs> I know for me, personally, uh, I've I played, not with this group, but... I, I've played with a couple other groups three times live on the levee, and I hope that this group gets on live on the levee. I think we deserve it. I think I think we will one day, hopefully this year even. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's definitely a defining moment for me, especially last year. I did not expect to be on it for a third year in a row. And, you know, I got the email. And I was I was real jazzed, and it's that's Charleston's. You know, for a local band, that's Charleston's. You know that's pinnacle. That's, that's the pinnacle, man. Yeah. And it really is a very well-run thing. It really is. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of argument going back. People want to see the regatta come back, and the regatta's fine for a week. But then what you do the rest of the summer? You know, live on levy every Friday. Some of the best music, the best sound, and it's professional, very professional. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's definitely been my defining moment. I've played a lot of shows, but that, that one always sticks out. <laughs> no, it's tough because we played a lot of places, and I, there's something about every place we play that I've enjoyed. And so, for a defining moment, like I don't, I don't think I ever feel like I've made it or something big has happened. But I just I, I take away from everywhere we play, and there's some places like the Main Street Cafe that just being, being there and just being in that environment where it's just you felt alive. You were with people who had a common purpose, and you're playing music together, and it's just it's really just a I don't know. It made me like when I play music. That's when I feel most alive. That's why mm-hmm. I uh, I just I can I continue to do it. Cause we'll have bad gigs or lose money or do whatever. But you're playing music, and so that's what all that matters. And uh, I even did some all-in shows in my basement. And there's times that that's most fun for me. So you get sixty kids packed in this room, and they're singing along to your songs, and it, it's just it's such a a rush, and it's incomparable to anything else I've ever experienced. So I just love just playing for people. Mm-hmm. I'd say that's. Probably the, the not defining moment, but defining moments is what we play for, is that those maybe four seconds of the fifth song of your set that were absolutely perfect where everyone was just we all and it was like, we wow! We all looked at each other at the same time. Yeah, those small <laughs> moments are why, why I like to play music. Not only that, but getting the crowd involved. Some of the best crowd involvement shows we've ever had have been at the Cartriff, where you've had shows that down there and those kids down there will like you said they will get in your face right up there know your words I mean they are the most dedicated crowd of of you know young musicians young people that are music fans I think 
I think that that's there. There is still hope for a, a solid future in music here in Charleston, based just upon what I've seen from that. And those moments are the defining moments of currently why I play. I don't. I'm always trying to find something wrong with something I'm doing mm-hmm. to make sure you know I can always be better at this. I can always be better at that. And, and I guess that's just human nature. So. Yeah, I'm. I'm the same way because I. I. I strive big. Uh, Shane's other bassist, Roy, plays non non string bass, and every time he plays, I'm just like my mind just explodes because just like I'm never going to be that good, and I'm never great. And then I have someone comes up and they're like, "You're great." I'm like, "Oh, thanks," because uh, I, I you're great, damn it. I, I try Take to a compliment. I, you, I just try to play for the people. Just uh, doing it the fans. But uh. I think for me it was uh, that I think we were at the Blue Parrot and the there was this guy there who was just jamming, or was that different? Was he somewhere else? The guy, the cake on acid. Oh, that, that was the glass. Was that the glass? That was the glass. Was that the glass? Yeah. There was this guy, and if you ever heard the band Cake, he's like, dude, you sound like Cake on acid. <laughs> and we didn't really have anybody else up at the show, but that one guy was up there the whole show and he digged the whole entire show and I think it was just we made him happy the night that night and it was just that made me feel good that we're able to pass something along that we created and share it with people mm-hmm. that is a good feeling it's one time the glass we were on one of our last songs trying to close out the night and this guy just threw a hundred bucks on the stage. Like, yeah, yeah, I was thinking about that too. <laughs> yeah. 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 hundred bucks. I tried to give it back. He's like, no, you guys sound great. Play me one more song. So we played him one more song. Man. I remember that. That was awesome. <laughs> I didn't care what we played. We could have played, <laughs> we could have played anything. You name it. But we learned it right there. So, yeah. What about you, Trey? What's your most defining moment? You I wouldn't say I've had a defining moment or anything, but I love playing trombone with these guys. It's a completely different sound that you would not associate any sort of horn section with or anything. Not at all. Not at all. Because <laughs> when I wrote him, I had like yeah. a violin in mind, and I was like, yeah. trombone will work. What about marching band? You and I did marching band together. Those were some good defining moments of, Those of were, music. Yeah. That was fun. Especially my senior year, I was the only trombone player. Wow. wow. We had seven. Pressure. Yeah, like freshman year, we had six. Back in 19... 19- 31 when I was there. Until <laughs> 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 1964. <laughs> That's the address. Wise ass. <laughs> I was in committee. No, but uh, I love playing out with these guys. I'm in another band. We just play like uh, your simple like 90s, 2000 covers. We've got a couple originals or whatever. But putting a trombone sound where it doesn't belong... And having people come up and be like, I get it. That's a great trumpet, man. I love the trumpet. Yeah, I love the trumpet. Besides the fact that they drunkenly refer to it as a trumpet, for people to be like, it's weird, but it sounds awesome. I guess I'll take that. You know, I'll accept Uh, that. That's what I like. I enjoy playing all mostly original stuff, too. I think it makes it fun. When we do actually play a cover, because it makes it it makes it fun for us, because it's like, oh, something fun to play, and the crowd is like, oh shit, these guys are playing a cover that never happens, and we've got a pretty eclectic mix of a few covers we throw out there. So, if you want to hear some really, really, uh, you know, 
different covers, possibly. You know, you got to come to our shows. Which, when's our next show? Uh, Wednesday. Locally, oh, no. there's Wednesday, Wednesday, the 2nd of March, which is a week from, shoot, like five days from now. Six so days. I don't know when this airs, but... Six days. It should air before then. I'll definitely okay. promote you guys. So Wednesday, yeah. <coughs> Where's that going to be? At the Empty Glass. 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 There's a Board of Night Girl. Shift music show. Yeah, yep. like five bands. Like you've got Bourgeois Girl from Colorado, oh, Mrs. Scanato from Rochester, New York. Uh, I got Rosedale from Ontario, Canada, Time of Distance, and us. We're playing on a weeknight. It's going to be a packed out show. So, I hope. Packed out with bands. Packed out with bands. People. <laughs> There's going to be at least five bands here. Oh, and F- <laughs> Fish is coming to play a little in yeah. show. So. No big deal. Shh. Keep that on the DL. They are? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they are. <laughs> it's on the internet. It must be true. It must be true. All right. Well, I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for being here with me, and um, I really appreciate it. It was thanks for putting up with me. It was super fun. It was super fun hanging out with you guys. Thank you guys you. are are an interesting <laughs> bunch. <laughs> what's, your, what's your name? Daniel, Daniel, uh, well, we just uh, we just created a website, so uh, what is it? com. So we're just getting that and we're rolling that, but you can find us on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Bandcamp. Uh, Bandcamp. Uh, There's a Twitter. Twitter. There. Twitter. Um, we have uh, we have a Google Chrome page. I don't know. <laughs> We've got a MySpace. <laughs> We've got a, no, I don't even think we have a MySpace. No, we don't have MySpace. I'll make a MySpace. We've got a GeoCities homepage. We'll, we'll make a MySpace tonight. <laughs> Zanga. Locks <laughs> But no, definitely Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, yeah. and our website, nobodypicturesband.com. Thanks to Wix. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, if you're... Yeah, red tube. What? <laughs> but no, we actually had a, a new split EP come out recently. It's called Winter Split. <laughs> Check it out. It's We're split. very original with names. Yes, us and this, uh, another local band called Letters. We did a three song split a piece, and it turned out really well. Yeah. So, yeah. I thought they did two songs. They did two songs, but yeah. it was really three, and they changed it. But they have like six new songs. Our so. three songs is technically one song. Yeah. Shh. Surprise. <laughs> and we're always working on new stuff. Yes. Always. I was supposed to actually interview letters the other day and I didn't get to it. That's okay. But I will. Maybe they'll be mad that They're I interviewed cool you guys They're first. They're busy with college. And <laughs> yeah. yeah. Rub it in their face. <laughs> <laughs> Suck it, letters. <laughs> now, they're all really, really, really good dudes. Right. A lot more normal than us, I guess. <laughs> yeah. They're funny. Oh, darn, but this was so fun. <laughs> Why can't all the bands be like you guys? I don't know about that. <laughs> well, thank you. The world's been asking the same thing. <laughs> all right, well, well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you guys. I really appreciate it. And uh, I guess we're done. Bye. 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 <laughs> Thanks on three. Promotional three. Thanks. <laughs> Promotional sponsor. <laughs> the John the and Owen Foundation. The
Acoustic Air, the show where you get to know musicians from in and around the Charleston, West Virginia area. I'm your host, Elaine Abdella, and today we interviewed the band No Pretty Pictures. If you missed this episode, you can check it out anytime at mopcast.com. That's M-O-P-C-A-S-T dot com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, too, at facebook.com slash acousticairshow. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Mobcast Network.